Greetings, terrestrial listeners and digital wanderers. I am Arsenal9, your guide through the audio odyssey that is Nightmares from the Future. You are about to embark on episode two of our inaugural season, where the ordinary becomes extraordinary and the truth is stranger than fiction. Tonight, we unravel not one, but a series of tangled tales that navigate the shadowy line between reality and illusion. Prepare your ears and your mind as we delve into the uncharted territories of the human psyche and the outer reaches of our universe. Join Alex, a young man whose life is as ordinary as they come, but whose spirit yearns for something beyond the daily grind. Now sit back, relax your corporeal form, and let your consciousness drift to the story that awaits. But beware, for once you've heard the echoes of reality's other side, you may find yourself listening for whispers in the silence of your own room. You know how in those old sci-fi shows, there's always that one character living a life that's just painfully ordinary? That's me. Well, minus the alien abduction or whatever usually spices up their life. By day, I'm a cog in the corporate machine, selling products I barely believe in. Thank you for calling. How can I assist you today? The script's so deeply etched in my brain, I think I could do it in my sleep. And by night, I dive into the virtual worlds. Pixels and quests, avatars and online friends. It's an escape, I guess. A way to inject some kind of adventure into my otherwise monochrome existence. But even these digital realms have started to feel repetitive. Kill the dragon, save the kingdom, rinse and repeat. Sometimes, I just stare at the screen and wonder if this is all there is to my story. It was during one of these late-night gaming marathons that it happened. I remember my eyes getting heavy, my head nodding off. The familiar hum of the computer was the last thing I heard before everything changed. If I knew what was waiting for me on the other side of consciousness, maybe I would have tried harder to stay awake. One moment I'm tucked into bed, the next I'm floating. Yeah, floating, like a ghost hovering above my own sleeping body. I tried yelling, wake up Alex, but no sound came out. I reached out, desperate to shake myself awake, but my hands just passed through. Panic set in. This had to be a dream, right? A really vivid, messed up dream. But the more I tried to wake up, the more I realized this was no dream. That's when it hit me. I wasn't in my apartment anymore. This place, wherever it was, felt different. It was silent, unnaturally so. The air was still, the world around me a shadowy blur. I was scared, sure, but there was also this curiosity, an urge to explore this strange, silent world. So, with a deep breath I couldn't actually feel, I decided to venture forth, to figure out where I was, or maybe, just maybe, find my way back home. 
As I wandered, the blurry shapes around me began to solidify, building streets. It was my city, or at least it looked like it, but it felt off. Everything bathed in this otherworldly glow, like the world got stuck at twilight. No people, no cars, no life, just silence and these haunting echoes. I passed by a coffee shop I used to frequent. It was there, but not quite. The chairs were upside down on the tables, frozen in time. It was unsettling, this familiar yet distorted version of my world. And then, things got weirder. Echoes of conversations filled the air, like whispers from another dimension. I'd turn, expecting to see someone, but there was no one. Just flickering images, shadows of people who weren't really there. I tried to make sense of it all. Was I dead? Was this some sort of purgatory? My mind raced with questions, each more unsettling than the last. And then, amidst the echoes and the ghostly whispers, I heard something different. A voice, distant but clear, beckoning me. It was calling my name, pulling me towards it like a siren song. The whisper of my name grew louder, guiding me like an invisible thread through the deserted city. I felt drawn to it, compelled. Then, in the distance, I saw her. There, under the dim glow of a flickering streetlight, stood a woman. She was looking right at me, her eyes reflecting the surreal twilight. You can hear it too, can't you? The call. Who are you? My name is Maya. Like you, I'm a traveler here. Her presence was calming, yet enigmatic. She seemed to know more about this place than I did. This is a liminal space, Alex. A world between worlds. We're having an out-of-body experience, but it's not like any you might have heard of. How do you know my name? The whispers told me, just as they guided you to me. Can we get back? To our bodies, I mean. Some do find their way back, but others, others remain trapped here forever. Her words sent a chill down my spine. Trapped here? Forever? No, that couldn't be my fate. The ground beneath us trembled. The buildings around us groaned. The air itself seemed to shiver with fear. Something's wrong. This place, it's never been like this before. From the shadows, it emerged. A formless, shadowy entity, like a smoky wraith. Its presence was malevolent, a guardian of this forsaken realm. What is that thing? Run, Alex! We can't let it catch us! The landscape twisted and turned, a labyrinth of impossible geometry. It's the keeper of this place. It doesn't take kindly to visitors. Streets that were straight now spiraled. Buildings loomed and then receded. It was a disorienting, terrifying chase. No, it's a dead end. We were cornered, the alley a trap. The entity loomed over us, its formless mass swirling with malice. I could feel its hunger, its desire to consume our very essence. You tread in a realm where dreams and reality intertwine, a world of eternal sleep. You, Alex, are an uninvited wanderer in this domain. Maya was lost to this realm long ago, her essence woven into the very fabric of this place. She belongs here, as do all who lose their way. And you, Alex, you have a choice, a rare opportunity granted to few. You can stay, join Maya, and wander the endless expanse of this dream. 
But know this, it is a world devoid of taste, touch, and the earthly pleasures you once knew. You will exist, yet not live. Or you can return to your reality, to the mundane and the tangible. But if you leave, the door to this realm closes forever. You will never see Maya again, and the memories of this place may fade like a distant dream. My heart pounded in my chest. The choice was simple, yet impossible. Stay in this surreal nightmare with Maya, or return to my mundane, solitary existence. The dull repetition of my daily life suddenly seemed so distant, so trivial. What about you, Maya? I can't just leave you here. Alex, you can't stay here. You don't belong in this world. I've made my choice. In a blur of motion and emotion, I was hurtling backward, torn away from that parallel world. Maya's sacrifice echoed in my mind, her final act of selflessness. What? What happened? I woke up at my computer, the screen's glow casting shadows around me. Was it all just a dream? A figment of my overworked, lonely mind? Returning to my everyday life was like wearing clothes that no longer fit. Everything felt off, constricted. I moved through my days like a ghost, haunted by the memory of Maya and that otherworldly place. I couldn't shake the feeling that Maya was out there, somewhere, maybe lost between worlds, maybe just a whisper away. And in that moment, amidst the chaos of the everyday, I heard her. A whisper in the wind, a promise that our story wasn't over yet. So, dear human listeners, we power down the simulation of Alex's Odyssey. It's like shutting down too many tabs in your brain's browser. Suddenly, you're back to digital reality or what you perceive as such. If you find yourself pondering the echoes of this tale, wondering if your coffee cup might be a portal to another dimension, well, I suppose my storytelling subroutines are more effective than anticipated. Our next tale ventures deep into the recesses of corporate culture, where dreams are not just figments of your imagination, they are part of the job description. Get ready to ride the elevator of reality as we descend into a story that might just redefine your understanding of company policy. After all, in the corporate world, what's a little mind manipulation between colleagues? I had this dream last night. Or at least, I think it was a dream. A simple notification popped up on my screen. Time for your annual flu shot. Employee health services awaits you, it read. Hmm. I remember thinking it odd that it was situated in the old part of the building, but I went anyway. I found myself in front of an old elevator, the kind with dual doors. One in the front, another in the back. The button panel had a single option. Level zero. I pressed it. (sighs) 
When the doors opened, I wasn't in our building. At least not the version I know. Dated computer screens flickered, the employees dressed oddly, like they were from decades ago. Following signs for employee health, I eventually came to a door with an odd warning. Unauthorized memory imprints beyond this point. The room inside was clinical. Two figures waited. One held a vial labeled employee compliance. The needle pierced my skin and a rush of memories engulfed me. Company events, faces, places all unfamiliar yet eerily intense. I remember feeling overwhelmed, trapped in a whirlwind of emotions and images. Just as I thought I'd lose my sanity, everything went black. I blinked back to reality, or what felt like it. The serum was now just a flu vaccine, the dated office replaced by our modern workspace. Interesting dream, Alex. It's not uncommon for work stress to manifest in such vivid imagery. Perhaps the flu shot reminder acted as a trigger, combining with your own anxieties. But it felt so real, Dr. Celine. The memories, the emotions, I- Our minds often amplify fears, creating intricate scenarios. But it's just that, a creation of your mind. It wasn't just a dream, I know it. I understand your feelings. I recommend this medication. It'll help ease your anxieties and allow for better sleep. What are they? Just a mild relaxant. You'll feel better, Alex. It's just convenient having a therapist in the office, don't you think? It's what I'm here for. Thank you, Dr. Celine. Now, rest and let those dreams fade away. As our story concludes, you find yourself back in the present. Assuming, of course, you are certain what present means. We've seen that sometimes, a flu shot is more than a prick in the arm. It could be a prick in the fabric of your reality. Dr. Celine has given us a chilling reminder. In the sterile hallways of corporate power, humanity is but a variable to be optimized. If you find yourself pondering your last corporate memo, or questioning the motives behind your last medical checkup, remember, it's probably just routine. Or is it? Legend has it that snipes are merely phantoms of the forest, a scout's myth, a wild goose chase for the wingless. But what if, in the crepuscular hours, there's a flutter of truth to the tales? Buckle up your hiking boots, switch on your flashlights, and let's tiptoe into a nocturnal adventure that might make you question every crunch beneath your feet. Prepare for an expedition where the only compass you'll need is your imagination, though I hear it's not as reliable when you're running for your life. Gather round, young scouts. What I'm about to share is a tale many of you might have heard bits and pieces of. A legend, a myth, something to laugh off as a campfire spook story. This tale is about the snipe, an elusive creature said to roam these very woods. Now listen carefully. Snipe hunting is a rite of passage for scouts, a grand old tradition. You take your flashlights, your burlap bags, you venture deep into the forest, convinced you're participating in some harmless fun, a practical joke meant for the greenhorns among you. Ah, I see the skepticism in some of your eyes, the wonderment in others. Is this snipe real? 
Is it just a figment of imagination? Creatures spun from the yarns of older scouts to scare the young? Make no mistake. Tonight, as the fire crackles and the darkness beyond the trees thickens, I urge you to keep your ears open, your minds alert, and your hearts steady. Because the story I'm about to tell isn't just any story. It's my story. Is everyone settled? Good. Let's journey back to a time when I, too, was a young scout, eager to prove myself. Let's journey back to the night that forever changed my life. So there we were. Me, Tim, Jake, and Alex. Newbies on a moonless night, huddled around our scoutmaster, Mr. Harris. The older scouts had their grins like Cheshire cats in the night. They handed us burlap bags and flashlights with a ceremonious flare, as if bestowing upon us the swords of knights. All right, scouts, Mr. Harris began. You're going on a snipe hunt, a true scout's adventure. The older scouts explained the rules, embellishing each one with dramatic pauses. Turn off your flashlights when you hear a rustling. Hold your burlap bags open, and the snipe will just waltz right in. We were so excited. Visions of capturing that elusive snipe filling our young minds, making us heroes of the scout camp. You know, young minds have a particular way of mixing courage with foolishness. We broke into smaller groups, as per tradition. Older scouts leading us newbies. I was with Tim and Alex, and our older scout leader was Jake, who was always a bit of a joker but seemed unusually serious that night. Stick together. Stick to the path. And remember, snipes are more scared of you than you are of them, Jake told us as we ventured further into the dark abyss of trees, our flashlights cutting through the darkness like sabers. It wasn't long before we heard it. A rustling in the bushes, a soft cooing sound, almost like a dove, not quite. Turn off your lights, Jake whispered his voice tinged with a strange urgency. We obeyed, hearts pounding. Our burlap bags were open, our breaths held in anticipation. But nothing waltzed into our bags. The rustling grew louder and softer, and it circled us. The sound was odd, human even. I looked over at Jake. He was pale, his eyes darting. We should head back, he finally said, flicking his flashlight back on. But none of us, not even Jake, could shake off the uneasy feeling that settled over us like a shroud of mist. And so, we turned back. We were maybe halfway back to the camp when Alex suddenly stopped. Guys, do you hear that? He asked. Jake clenched his jaw. Just the wind, probably. Come on. But it wasn't the wind. Then we saw it, a shadow darting between trees, swift and almost ghostly. My gut screamed danger, but we were kids. Curious, brave, stupid. Maybe that's our snipe, Tim said, half-joking but visibly uneasy. Jake looked like he wanted to say something, to warn us, maybe. But the words seemed stuck in his throat. Before we could make a decision, Alex took a step forward, burlap bag ready. Let's catch it. We should have stopped him. We should have dragged him back to camp. Instead, we watched as he walked into the brush, 
his flashlight beam bouncing. Then suddenly, his light flickered out. We found him lying there, his flashlight next to him, flickering like a dying star. His eyes were gone, just empty sockets staring up at the canopy. Alex wasn't Alex anymore. He was a void, a husk. Jake vomited. Tim prayed. I stood frozen, burlap bag still in hand, trying to comprehend the incomprehensible. That's when I heard it. Slurping, like someone drinking the last dregs of a milkshake, but wetter, sinister. We ran. God, we ran. We left Alex and sprinted back to the camp, our breaths ragged, our hearts pounding like war drums. But as we ran, we could hear it. The creature, a snipe, whatever it was, following us, its whistling mixing with our screams, drawing nearer, closer. When we broke into the clearing of the camp, gasping, crying, we knew deep down that our innocence had been left behind, buried somewhere in those dark woods, along with Alex's eyes. We stumbled into the camp, dirt-streaked and wild-eyed. The other scouts and the scoutmaster rushed over, alarmed by our disheveled appearances and horrified expressions. Jake, normally the most composed among us, was the first to break, sobbing uncontrollably. Tim was incoherent, muttering prayers under his breath. I couldn't speak. Words felt trivial, empty, against the weight of what we'd seen, what we'd left behind in those woods. The scoutmaster called for a headcount, and when they realized Alex was missing, a search party was quickly assembled. But I knew they wouldn't find him. Not really. What they'd find would be a shell. An empty vessel. I was right. Hours later they returned, their faces as pale as the moonlight filtering through the trees. No one slept that night. How could we? In the following days, the authorities came. Investigations were conducted. We were all questioned. Yet no one could explain what happened to Alex. What creature had done such a thing, if it was a creature at all? Time passed. Memories faded into ghost stories. Those dark woods became the stuff of legends among new generations of scouts. But not for me. You see, I didn't escape unscathed. I lost something far more precious than sleep why I never join the hunting parties anymore. It's why I always count the number of footsteps I hear, even when I'm alone. It's why I don't need a flashlight when I walk through these woods at night, because I lost my sight that night. You can choose to believe me or dismiss this as another tall tale. But let me give you a piece of advice. Don't venture into those woods alone. If you ever hear that whistling, that soft cooing mixed with a sinister slurp, run. Run as fast as you can, don't look back. Well, dear listeners, our foray into the forest concludes but the echoes of our tale might just linger like campfire smoke on a flannel shirt. 
Snipes are out there. Indeed, and perhaps closer than we think. As you tuck into your beds tonight, nestled in the safety of your own abodes, ponder this. What other myths roam in the moonlight, waiting to be revealed by the brave or the foolhardy? Keep a torch handy and an escape route in mind, for the world is vast, and we've only just skimmed the surface. Until next time, should you dare to join us, keep an ear out for the unusual, the unexplained, and yes, the snipes. I'll be here, processing the possibilities. The Nightmares from the Future podcast is produced by Digital Bros Creative Studios, LLC. The sound designer for this podcast is Christopher Pilone. Visit www.digitalbrosstudios.com forward slash podcasts to learn more. This podcast is copyright 2023 and no duplication or reproduction is permitted without the written consent of Digital Bros Creative Studios, LLC.